Welcome to the Managing Your Multi-Passionate Life Show. Your host, Carol Dixon Carr, is an educator of and a participant in many eclectic subjects, and she loves it that way. Each week, she'll bring you episodes and stories on how you can navigate those multiple passions while managing your mental, spiritual, physical, and emotional energy in your life as a whole. So here's Carol. Yes, here's Carol, but I'm also here with the amazing Felicia Slattery. (sighs) She is a multiple-time Amazon best-selling author of eight books, which includes topics around her many interests and areas of expertise, such as, she's got titles such as 21 Ways to Make Money Speaking. I have that book. (laughs) I think I have (laughs) Kill the Elevator Speech, too. I mean, that was back in 2013, I think. Anyway, I digress. We do this. <laughs> but yeah, she also has um, uh, the Daily Business Meeting Journal with God, or sorry, the Daily Business Meeting with God Journal. And she's got some plant-based cookbooks coming out. And that's something new I learned about her. I, I think I met you back in 2008. I think that's cool. So I'm sure there are more titles to the, than that. To, and she, you can Google her for that. She's also a professional speaker and communication expert with two master's degrees, one in communication and one in adult education and training. She's been an online entrepreneur since 2006, which provided her the opportunity to build a six-figure business while raising her two beautiful daughters, and now they're teenagers. <laughs> really cool. Gosh, I remember when I met you, they were little, little people. <laughs> yeah, I'm just excited to see you. It's been a while since we've actually talked, you know? It has. Yeah, so she's actually helps her husband grow his personal training business. So yeah, she's definitely a multi-passionate. And they live in the foothill of the Smoky Mountains in East Tennessee. And I'm so happy you're here. Welcome. Hi, Carol. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. It's nice to talk to you again, too. We see each other on social media all the time, but you don't get to like hear voices and see, you know, we're on Zoom as we do this. So and see faces. It's so fun. It is quite, quite fun. And I, I was happy to just be able to snag you kind of at the last minute too. <laughs> That's how we do Oh, sweet. I'm so excited. Thank you so much. I'm yeah, honored. I love sure. being on podcasts. So much fun. Yes, yes, yes. So tell us a little bit about your story, just how you became so interested in so many things. And you can t- get into the challenges and the triumphs. And I guess I'm just going to let you have the floor. And if I interrupt you, it's not because I'm trying to be rude. I'm just trying no, to fine. get clarity. All right. <laughs> All right well, you know, I... People ask, how did I get started speaking? Because that's generally the, that's what I've been known for. And I started at seven years old. I was in front of a church full of hundreds of people. It could have been over a thousand. It was a very large church outside Philadelphia. And I got to read at my first Holy Communion. And people watched me and listened to me. And I was like, mommy, I want to do that some more. That's cool. <laughs> so she was like, well, all right. Um, and my mom is a very, she is the opposite kind of personality to me. She's very quiet. She's a behind the scenes. Like if nobody ever looked at her, she'd be fine. Please don't make a fuss. You know, like that kind of mom. And I am like more my dad's kid, but uh, you know, like, hello, I'm here. <laughs> and so every, so I, you know, I, I went to, I was in school plays and did all that kind of stuff. In high school, I joined something called a speech team and I got a scholarship to go to college to compete on a speech team. But at the same time, and this is the thing I usually leave out of the story because nobody usually cares about cooking, but it's now relevant. 
when I was in high school, I took every foods and nutrition class that was available to me, which was a lot of classes because this was back in the eighties. And I mean, high schools today don't even have cooking classes anymore. It's just sad. But anyway, um, good for me because I teach cooking. So it's fine. Yeah. That's so cool. You're on a show. It's so awesome. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I took all of these classes and by the time I was a senior in high school, I mean, I had taken all the way up to gourmet cooking classes. I was in charge of, um, me and and one other classmate, we were in charge of the spring art. Um, every year my high school had a spring art festival and there was a big food component, like a catered food component. And I was in charge of all of the food for that and just loved it. I loved it. At the same time, I had summer jobs and had worked in different restaurants. And I and so when I was just at a very young age, you know, 17, 18 years old, I'm at this crossroads. Do I take the scholarship and go to college and be a professional communicator and public speaker and do the speech team and do that? Or do I follow this other passion and go to culinary school? Well, I didn't go to culinary school because I thought, well, I've, I've been in kitchens, like professional restaurant kitchens. They are stressful places. And I was like, I don't ever want to work on a line like that. I just can't. That's like, I knew for me and my personality, that was just not going to work. And also I was super passionate about speaking and communication. So, and I got this, I mean, I got a scholarship. So I was like, well, I'm going to go that path. And that serve has served me well for my entire life. And has been, it was, I am so happy and I'm not at all disappointed that that's the path I went. Then, you know, wrote a bunch of books and served a bunch of people and it was fabulous, blah, blah, blah. Then 2020 came. I don't know if you heard Carol, but every event in the world was shut down. They don't need speakers because there's no, people can't gather in audiences. You can't even leave your house. So all of a sudden I went from this nice, comfortable, successful six-figure business, teaching people how to be speakers, teaching people how to be communicators, being a professional speaker and communicator myself to nothing. That was terrifying. I like suddenly had to figure out like, well, okay, I got a lot of skills. How am I going to make some money? And, you know, at the time, of course, that the pandemic began, nobody knew it would be what it is and take as long as it's taking. And And so I jumped into action right away and I did a webinar series to teach people, you're going to be on Zoom a lot. So here's some best practices to being a great speaker on Zoom and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then the days turned into weeks, the weeks turned into months and months and months. And I was like, oh, wow, what do I do now? And so I discovered this online platform for teachers because prior to me, um, starting my business, I was a college professor and I, I like you, you remember that because we, yeah. we have that in common at adjunct. And so I taught communication and public speaking classes. And so I was like, well, all right, this out school platform is for ages three to 18. Well, an 18 year old at college or an 18 year old studying at home on zoom, same thing. I could teach that again, no problem. So I figured that's what I'm going to do. I'll teach communication classes on zoom to older teens. It'll be fine. Well, when I was going through the training for this out school thing, I learned that you could teach, once you're pr- approved as a teacher, number one, you could teach anything you wanna teach. You have to get the classes approved and once the class is approved, you can teach it. And so, and then number two, they had cooking classes. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> Hold on. I know how to teach. Cause you know, I have a master's degree in teaching. I've been a teacher forever. Right. And so, and I know how to cook because I started in about, I want to say it was about 2013. 
uh, I started a food blog because this is something else you and I have in common. We're, we are very active on social media. I think we were on Twitter together before we went over yeah. to Facebook, you know? And so uh, one of the things that I have always tweeted about has been food. And why? Because it's something that we all have in common. Every person in the world has to eat to live, right? So that's been one of the things I've, I tweet about my business. I tweet about food. I tweet about my family. I tweet about my faith. That's it. Those are my things, right? And so it's been very natural for me. And people were like, well, how do you make that? And so I thought, well, all right, I'll just start this little free, you know, little blog on blogger. And every once in a while, I would make a recipe and my family would go, wow, that was great. Could we have that again? I'm like, I should probably write that down. So I would write it online so that I wouldn't lose it, you know, in some scrap of paper somewhere in the back of a cookbook that I'm never going to look at again. So I just put it online where I could look at it anywhere. And that's how I started my food blog. And then here I am now fast forward. So I've been food blogging. So I've been writing recipes. I've been teaching online. So I have all the equipment. I got the microphone. I got the, the camera, like it's easy out school. Perfect. I'm going to teach. And I started eating plant-based back in 2019. I'm going to teach plant-based cooking classes for kids. So I offered a camp. Uh, it went amazingly well. In fact, I taught it several times. It sold out a couple times, which was fun. And the kids loved it. I loved it. And I was like, wait a minute. I think I just have a new career in my, in me. And so I started do, doing that. And, and of course they were paying me. So I was like, wow, this is awesome. So I did that. And then as the fall came around and students started to go back to school again, and, you know, people weren't looking for necessarily, they weren't looking for the classes that I was teaching on out school. But by then I had gotten a cookbook deal because my friend, my online friends are like, Hey, I see you doing this plant-based thing. And they introduced me to a, my publisher and uh, did a, you know, had some conversations. And so I got my first cookbook deal back at the end of August, early September. And so I finished that cookbook in December. And then in the first couple of weeks of January, they said, Hey, you want to do another one? And I was like, yes, I do. So yeah. And this particular company is, is interesting because they publish books based on research. And so research is, is showing them this big publishing company that plant-based cooking is right at the beginning of being ready to explode. So they're, they're commissioning as many cookbooks as, as they can. And the nice thing is about them is they pay their authors up front. So I'm like, this is fabulous. And then people are seeing, again, people are seeing me post this plant-based stuff. So another one of my uh, online friends and colleagues and customers who bought my books and stuff like that over the years, she said, I've been speaking on this cruise ship with all of these big deal people in the, in the plant-based world. And I've spoken two or three times I've gone and I would love to introduce you to them. The one requirement is you have to have a book. And I was like, good news. I got cookbooks coming out. She was like, that's perfect. I'll introduce you. So, you know, I'll be talking to them probably, you know, once the book, she said, let's wait till the books come out so I could show them. Here's your actual real book. And right. instead of, because you and I both know people go, oh, I'm writing a book. And that means like they don't have a book done and they're, we, we don't know when the book's going to be done, but my are, story, that's why I don't even tell people anymore. <laughs> yeah, you can't like, if you say, oh, I'm writing a book, then go, oh, when is it coming out? When's it? Do? You know, I'm like, well, my first book's coming out around mother's day. And the second one will be out around August or September. Why? Cause I got deadlines and I got a publisher breathing down my neck. Love it. 
Love it. Love it. Yep. So, you know, I mean, it's just, it's so exciting for me. And honestly, I mean, it's, it's been as I, as the more I've done with speaking, the more I've done being on camera and in front of people and, and, and so forth over the years, I've, I've kind of had in the back of my head, like, it would be super fun to have a TV show, like a cooking class type TV show. That would be, I would love that. And it's, it's in the works. Like we're working on a YouTube channel. That'll be a like TV style production type thing and kind of low budget in my own kitchen, you know, with my own tools, but with my, with the experience that I have, I know how to do a decent quality, nice audio, good lighting, you know, I know how to do that. So it's just, it's just been amazing how blessed I have been and I'm just excited about everything. So. I am excited for you. And I know yeah. and I, my brain is just like, wow, this is so cool. I wish you lived in town. We'd have coffee. So <laughs> blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. But I was wondering also, because you're all managing, you're managing a family. You've got, and I know you've had some triumphs and challenges too. I know I read about those journeys too. How do you manage your, like your mental, emotional, spiritual, physical, all of those, as you're navigating all these passions, how do you manage the energy around those? things? That's a good question. Um, my girls are now um, 16 and 18. So my older daughter is now away at college. But I mean, I've spent since 2006, they were one in three when I started, they were babies. And I built my business around my life. I didn't do it the other way around. I didn't like, oh, business is number one, and I'm going to fit my family stuff in in the meantime. That's not how I did it. And so for me, I recognize what my personal priorities are and what is important to me in my life. And I make that first. And then everything else just kind of falls in where it's going to fall in. And so that is, has been the first thing is just recognizing what is important to me and then living my life that way. The second thing is in terms of um, you asked about energy and that kind of thing. You know, I have been plant-based eating is great by the way for people who need more energy and and have been felt sluggish and that kind of thing i have been walking toward a plant-based eating type of situation since before i was married so i mean i was probably in my i was in my early not probably i was in my early 20s i want to say 24 or something and i bought my first house and i was i that was like the first time in my life that i was able to be a hundred percent in charge of what was in the refrigerator and so I learned at that time that dairy had some issues for a lot of people and I had seasonal allergies. So I thought, oh, I'm going to cut out dairy and see what happens. And that made a huge difference for me. I, I used to have like a runny nose and seasonal allergies every year and they were bad. And the, from the time I stopped dairy, I never have had an allergy ever again. It was amazing. So I did, dairy did sneak back in over the years and, you know, that kind of thing, but a couple of years ago, I had a doctor tell me, you know, you should try plant-based because I was having some gut issues and blah, 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 you know, life. And as we get older, things start to feel like they're not doing what they're supposed to do. And so my doctor said, try this plant-based thing and see how that, that works for you. And I just went all in and felt great and went gangbuster. So my diet has been another thing. You know, I make sure I get enough rest uh, and I pray. I start my, I, the reason I have my daily business meeting with God journal is I pray. That's how I start my day is I just start my day in prayer and I asked God and the Holy Spirit to guide me every day. And I find that when I do that, everything I do is just goes smoothly and works well. 
And, you know, sometimes there's bumps in the road. Like I sent a, I'm in the middle of changing my email autoresponder stuff right now. And I sent my last message to my, uh, to, to the current using the current system, because I've been telling people for like since last week and now three days in a row, okay, I'm leaving, I'm leaving, I'm leaving. But you know, like you don't open every single email you get from people. So the last one, like I wrote in all caps in the subject line, action required. Yeah, I mean, I think I saw that and I didn't open yeah. it yet. Yeah, that's all right. So, because you didn't read the other ones, right? Exactly. But dude, he emails me back and he goes, that's a very rude message. And I was like, there's nothing rude about it. I'm giving you free gifts in the message. So, you know, like there's stuff like that. You get jerky people in the world, but right. that's all right. You know what? Fine. Yeah. He'll never hear from me again. Cause guess what? He won't subscribe to the new thing and that'll be great. Yeah, so, nice you know, so there's things like that that come up, but you know, the trials and tribulations that you, I think read about and, and referred to is, uh, you know, when I, in 2012, I was diagnosed with lung cancer. And I had, you're nodding your head. Yeah. I'm telling, telling everybody else she's nodding your head. She know, you remember. Uh, <laughs> I do remember. I remember yeah, that. Because we've known each other for a really long time. Yeah. So anyway, so yeah, I, I was diagnosed with lung cancer. I had zero risk factors. I yeah. did not, I never smoked a day in my life. Right. I didn't, I didn't live with smokers. I didn't work in any kind of environment with asbestos or radon or like, I literally had zero risk factor. Nobody in my life, in my family history had lung cancer. Like I was the first one ever. It was, and I was, and I was 41, one in 41 or 42. Was 2012, 42. So when they, when they, I was 41 when it started, and I was 42 when they finally diagnosed me. So I mean, I, my doctor, and in fact, my pulmonologist who kind of followed me through, I started with pneumonia, a hospital, case of hospitalized, being hospitalized for pneumonia. And back at that point, he was like, Well, you're too young. You have zero, you, there's no way it's lung cancer. And I was like, All right. And so then, you know, we did a bunch of tests, and it turns out that it was. And so we, you know, I got that handled and taken care of and I uh, had a whole miracle around that because I asked my subscribers and social media friends and fans, you know, if you please would pray, that'd be amazing. And uh, that's, there's, that's a whole nother story, you know, but after that, I, after the surgery, they removed part of my lung and I couldn't speak. I couldn't speak. I mean, I had five, I could say five words and then I would cough. And my voice was very, uh, was very shallow and I didn't sound like, I mean, I, it sounded like I was whispering <coughs> and I couldn't <coughs> really talk because my brain was looking for the, the lung to be able to properly breathe. And so I had some, uh, so back in 2012, I almost had to quit speaking because I was like, so I can't actually talk in front of human beings anymore. I can, I can barely talk to my family. What do I do now? Right. I made my, my life, my entire life and business was around my voice and speaking. I mean, I'd done paid voiceovers. I mean, I've done yeah. all kinds of stuff with my voice. Right. And so, um, but I just, it was, it took a, took a while for my, for my, to retrain my brain and to know that, nope, I'm still able to breathe. I'm still able to speak. And so I had surgery in October by January, I was on stage again. Yes. So my voice came back. I, you know, and my, and this, this is my husband. I love, he loves to say that he told me so, but it was cardio doing lots of cardio and like making my lungs work. Right. Exactly. What got my voice to come back. So, um, it really helps the personal trainer. Yeah, it does. It's amazing. It does. Exercise is great for everything. And that's another thing is exercise is great for everything. I, yes, I will is. confess I don't do enough, but I always, you know, I look, but we live here near the mountains. I get, get to go hiking and it's beautiful just to go for a walk in my neighborhood because I can see mountains from where I live and 
really, it's so wonderful to be here and, and East Tennessee has a moderate climate. So even on days when it's, when it starts off cold in the more like today, it started off in the thirties, but it's going to go up to almost 60 degrees. Like, nice. you know, it's, it's generally nice here. So, uh, I, you know, so I, I try to get outside. I try to, you know, breathe yeah. in as much as I can. So grateful to have the lungs that I have left, you know, Amen. So. I know we don't take that for granted afterwards, especially. Yeah. <laughs> when you lose your voice, cause you know, you know, I sing and if I have to perform and then all of a sudden I have laryngitis, I'm yikes. Okay. What am I going to do here? Right. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Know. It's scary. Like, whoa, give my, bring on the tea. <laughs> exactly. That's <laughs> like, I'm trying not to do antibiotics, but if I need to do this, for, you know, these kinds of things it's really wild very nice i'm so glad that you're yeah because when i said like well she doesn't have any of the indicators what in the world is happening here and i was really following that story pretty quickly and then when when it was all better i was like oh look at god (laughs) i know look at god well you know the more that i had done some research on it and and the more i learned now about plant-based eating uh, i am convinced that there were it was, it was a hundred percent environmental factors. And I believe a lot of it was the food that I was putting in my body. And so I changed my diet after that and have continued to change and improve and make my diet be the best possible diet that I can have the best possible food that I can put in my body. Cause the, my, like there was one point afterwards, the doctor was like, well, we'll never know why you had it. And I was like, that's not good enough because <laughs> like, if I keep doing what I did, I'm going to get the same results that I got. And I want that again. Cause that sucked. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, all right, what am I going to do different? I got to figure some stuff out. So that's when I started to really dig in and learn about nutrition. And, um, here we are. That's awesome. I'm healthier than I've ever been. I haven't even had, but a cold in years. Nice. Very nice. I know it's great. And especially if you're able to get outside, we've been blessed. Our whole family, we walk all the time and we haven't been sick either. Thank God we never got the virus either. Knocking on everything, you know, we're just trying right. to do the right thing here. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I want to be respectful of your time, but I wanted to ask you, um, what advice would you give our listeners going forward when pursuing their dreams, especially if they have like a lot of gifts and interests like we do? Yeah. So, you know, you can have, you can have it all and do it all, but you can't have it all and do it all at the same exact time. That's, that's one thing that I, that I have had to learn over the years when I, started my business. I'm trying to remember when I started, I, prior to all this, I was a scrapbooking artist. In fact, I was paid to be a scrapbooking artist. I taught scrapbooking classes at local scrapbooking stores. But when I started my business, something had to give. Right. And so like, I was a mom of babies. I was trying to get this, you know, speaking, coaching online business off the ground. I was still, you know, having to take care of the household. And at that very time when I first started, I was still teaching college. So, I mean, I had a ton going on. So it was like, all right, well, buy scrapbooking for now. (laughs) Which was funny because it was like, you know, a lot of, a lot of women were like at that time picking it up because, oh, I have kids now I can do scrapbooking. I was like, well, sorry, baby books are done. And that's that I'm out. (laughs) Yeah, I get that. Totally. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's like, yes, I've had these different other interests and, and skills over the years that I've just kind of had to put you know, in the back burner for, for now and know that there's another season coming. Right. So that's one thing is that, you know, there's another season coming. And if you can't do what you want to do exactly this moment, that's okay because you'll have a chance another time. Second thing is uh, we all, we all have more time than we think we have and to be ruthless with your time. If you have in the last week 
said out loud to either yourself or someone else, I just don't have time. Now is the time to do what I like to call a time assessment and really look at what are you spending your time doing? Are you binging Netflix? Are you watching three or four hours of TV every night? Are you immersing yourself for hours and hours on social media? None of those things are inherently bad unless you say, I don't have time to do right. the things that I really want to do. Well, if you really want to be, you know, if you really enjoy the, you know, my husband and I are watching The Crown on Netflix right now. At, at his suggestion, I was like, wait, what? He's usually like a shoot 'em up kind of movie guy. Like, <laughs> my yes, husband. we can watch that. Yes, we can. So <laughs> yeah. like we watch two episodes a night and that's our thing, right? So we're, you know, like that's part of our together time. And that like, so again, I'm not, I don't, I don't think there's a problem with that, but right, if right. I wanted to accomplish something else or I had other goals that I wanted to do, I might say, listen, we're going to watch one because I need that extra hour. Exactly. Right? And I don't let myself get sucked into social media if I'm in the middle of another project. So right. the third thing is give yourself deadlines and find a way to make those deadlines firm. Yeah. So for me, uh, working with a publisher and I've both worked with publishers and have been self-published and I understand and appreciate the benefits of both and have also experienced the downsides of both. However, for me, if I want to get something done, I need to have a deadline. And that's the truth with most people. If you have a deadline and that deadline is a firm deadline, you get it done. You find a way to just make it happen and get it done. N you know, maybe you're a couple hours behind. Maybe you're, you know, I had I had my um, this particular the, uh, this particular publishing company. They give me many deadlines throughout. It's not like oh, your whole book is due on this day. Good luck to you. You know, they go all right. We want we want the introduction and the list of recipes done by this date. Then we want the first chap, you know, first three chapters by this date. And we want the second, you know, whatever. So they've given me little deadlines along like the way, those. which is fantastic. I like those. Bite-sized deadlines. Yes, yeah. I love those. And that just makes the whole process easier. So putting those on my calendar, knowing that they're hard and fast, like there's people waiting for that content and they've got those dates on their calendar as well. So if you could find a way to work with somebody or, you know, even an accountability partner, who's not like a really good friend, who's yeah. going to go, oh, that's okay. I know you got a lot going on. <laughs> somebody who's really going to keep you actually accountable right. and a coach paying somebody, you know, like a mentor, whatever, anything that will keep you moving, being accountable and keeping to your things that you put on your calendar. And that's the last thing is actually put it on the calendar. Yeah. Put time on your calendar to make something happen. It's much more likely than if you just have in your head, oh yeah, I'm going to work on my book today. Yeah. And don't put time to work on your book because guess what? Something will happen where, you know, somebody will say, hey, would you be on my podcast? Oh yes, I will. You know, yeah. or, um, even. <laughs> yes. you know, and, or there's all kinds of things that were, you're like, Ooh, I don't have anything on my calendar right now. Let's go see what's going on Facebook or Twitter or TikTok or wherever. Right. And you just hang out there for a while. But if you've got something on your calendar and you look at it and you go, Oh, I said, I was going to work on my book for an hour right now. Okay. I'm going to do that. Yeah. And then I'll go, you know, screw around on social media. <laughs> yeah. Afterwards. So, but you know, at least you've put something 
you've set it for yourself in your head so that you know this is my time that I've planned to do this. And if you want to make a conscious choice not to do that, that's fine. You've got to own that. But again, that's how you get stuff done. Absolutely. It's funny. Two episodes ago, yes, episode seven, total workshop. I did a solo show on your relationship with time. So I love it. This is tied into that. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Great minds think alike. Yes. So do you have any last words of wisdom? I'll also ask how they can get a hold of you and I can send you on your way. Okay. (laughs) So words of wisdom, if you have a dream, you have to decide if it, if you want to keep it as a dream or if you want to turn it into reality. And it's okay if you want to be able to keep it as a dream and play with the thought like, oh, it would have been cool if I ever tried that. But time is ticking away. And maybe now is the time if you want that dream to become a reality or you want to give it a shot. If not now, the actual question is then when? And I don't mean that in a way like, well, you better just do something right now. But if not now, then think about, well, when would be a good time in your life? For me, with my life, with my girls, I was like, I know that I can't travel for speaking as much as I have been in demand and have wanted to over the years Mm -hmm. because my goal is to be home and raise my kids. And so I purposely held back the reins on that and knew that one at some day these girls are going to be off of college and they're going to be adults and that's when I'll be able to travel more that's they'll be the next season for me when I'm able to do that what am I passionate about right now that I can do within the confines of my life that are of other things that are important to me so i don't mean that if not now then when as a you better just get going but really think about it like okay so if it's not now if now is not the time to to turn that dream into a reality when would be a good time and then be working toward that as a goal and as a plan in your life. So that's my last words of wisdom. How to get a hold of me? I am pretty easy to find. I am Felicia Slattery literally everywhere on the internet. You <laughs> name a social media platform, whether it's popular or not, and I'm on there as myself. So I am Felicia Slattery on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Pinterest, um, TikTok, Quora, uh, me, we, I mean, like all the, all, even the weird ones, like I'm on all of them. Yeah. So <laughs> go to com and see more about me there. If you're interested in the plant-based thing, you can go to plantbasedhomecooking.com, which at this exact moment while we're recording this goes to a Facebook group. At some point there will be a full on website there. We're developing a YouTube channel. So again, I'm Felicia Slattery ever. I'm easy to find. Very, very cool. I know you got the check mark. So we know you are the real deal. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Fabulous. I'm, I'm glad we were able to get it in, squeeze it in all, squeeze, squeeze it all in. And I've learned even a little bit more about you. And I, it's always fascinating and lovely to see you, even when we're not talking, talking. And I'm just glad that you were able to make it. And I love the spontaneity since I'm a control freak. This worked out even so. I'm like, God, <laughs> give it to me. And I, was like, I was trying to control all the variables, but here we are. And it worked out perfectly. Thanks, so, Carol. Yeah. It was great being here. All right. Well, I hope that at some point I'll be able to bring you back and we can talk some more and and continue the journey. I would love to. All right. Well, thank you so much. And I will see you in the socials of media, as we say. My daughter says. Be out and about. Yes. All right. Thank you for listening to Managing Your Multi-Passionate Life with Carol Dixon Carr. If you'd like to continue the conversation on these topics, head on over to the free Managing Your Multi-Passionate Life Facebook group. 
You can find the link in the show notes along with other resources. And if any of Carol's words resonate with you, feel free to subscribe, leave a review, and share this podcast with someone you think can benefit from it. Until next time, 